remember, and I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know if I've ever said this before, that when I first started coming to church, I wasn't born in this church. And I found something I'd never seen before. And I thought it was perfect. And what I mean by that is I thought you were perfect. I really did. I thought, I felt things that I'd never felt before. I saw a love that I never had before. And I really thought everybody, the doctrine was perfect. All the people had to be perfect. And the first time after coming to the church for months, there was a situation where a sister did something that I realized that we weren't perfect. And it was, it crushed me. I'll be honest with you, I was just stunned that how could this church that God died for, that has his name associated with it, that has done so much for us, how could the people that is in that not be perfect just like Jesus Christ? Because that's what I thought. And I was innocent at the time. You'll think this is funny. When I used to, to go and they, would, they had these little um, manila envelopes in the back of the building to be able to put money in. I laugh at this today, and I can imagine what the treasurer used to think when they would get mine. I used to write on that. I would write notes to the Lord. Because that's where I thought it was going. And I didn't have much money, but I wanted to give him something. I would write notes on there. Jesus, this is all I have. Thank you. I love you. And I can't imagine what the treasurer had to think. When she was getting, when, when it was a she, when she was getting that thing, I wouldn't sign this thing. Who is this weirdo that's writing this stuff down? But you know what? I just celebrated 33 years in the church, July 9th. And I'm not there anymore. I'll confess that to you. I'm not right. I love you on my notes that I'm giving to the treasurer. I've seen a lot. Why well, don't they want to look at all the people that they're perfect? I don't love them any less, but I don't think that. And I think we just have to take a step back and realize that God is still in control. Where the world doesn't think there's an opportunity. Where the doctors don't give us a chance. Where the world says that it's not going to happen. Where we might get frustrated because of the situations that we find ourselves in. Yet you have to continue to go on. And there are miracles today that God has continued to bless, and I look forward to see the day of what he's going to do with those children. I look forward to the day to see what he's going to do with you. I look forward to the day to see what he's going to do with the church, because I can tell you the church is alive and we're moving forward, and we can't allow ourselves to get stuck on the fact that we don't understand what forgiveness is. We have to boil it down and get like those little children. We have to get to the point where we just make it so simple. We can't complicate there's one verse that I that the Lord gave me the other night when my brother was speaking and I didn't understand why he did that and I thought it was for our seminar class and I, I read this to our seminar class and it set the stage it's in the 14th chapter of Exodus and in that chapter it's talking about a time when these people they went through a lot and they found themselves from Moses had taken them out there's all kinds of things going on and they had the armies behind them that was ready to take them. And they had the Red Sea in front of them, so they had nowhere to go. And they found themselves just stuck in the middle. Does that sound familiar? That you're kind of just stuck in the middle? That you don't know, you can't turn around and go back? Because if you do, you're in trouble. 
You can't go forward because there's this wall. Something's in front of you that seems like it's stopping you. And what happens? This is what God said. He said, fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. That is P-E-A-C-E. You know, we're polite people. And I know growing up, my mom, everyone would say, hold your peace. Which was a nice way to say, shut up, <laughs> That's not what he's saying here. He's saying the Lord shall fight for you. And he wants us to hold our peace. That peace that he gave us when he sent his son to die. That peace that passes all understanding. That peace that we have that allows us when we see these children, that we're able to see them and see the innocence that they have. The peace that we have when we find ourselves at the water shore. Do you remember the video that started our camp on Sunday morning? Do you remember the time when we found ourselves at the water? And I firmly believe, and we'll see it again this evening, that when we find ourselves, and I've had the privilege to be to have the opportunity to baptize a few people in my life, and when you take them into the water, and when you raise your hand, and you say, I have an authority given me of Jesus Christ, I believe that's us saying to the world that we still have the peace that God has given us. That this person is going into the water. You're the last one to see them going in as a sinful person. And you're the first one when they're coming out all wet to see them in a new place that they don't understand at that moment what it's going to be. I tell you, on July 9th, 1981, when Brother John took me into the water, I had no idea what was going to happen to me. But I tell you, I stand here today and I thank God that he fights for me. I thank God that I can sit there and try to hold on to that peace as best I can and allow God to do the fight. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't go on. You know, if you continue to read that story, the great thing about that story is he goes on and he tells them, and he goes on to Moses and he says, Moses, why are you crying? Why are you continuing to go on? What are you doing? Tell them to go forward. Tell them to take action. That's what he was telling them. There's a time to pray. There's a time to do those things. I'm not minimizing that, that we have to do that. But he, what he was telling them at the same time is he was saying, Moses, go forward. It's no time anymore for us to cry. It's no time for us to sit around. We need to take action and move on. We need to press on to what God wants us to do. We need to understand that today and this week, he has given us a mission and understanding of forgiveness. And when we leave here today, as our brother said last night, and we've heard through all the preaching, we need to understand that we need to take action and move forward and be able to live in the understanding and love that God has for us. We need to be able to move past the situations that we find ourselves in today to be able to not be bound anymore. It's a living God that we serve. But when you have those moments that you find yourself in the situation, when you have those red seas in your life where you don't know where to go, when you have those problems that you just don't feel like you can move on, I tell you, that's the times that we have to realize that God is going to fight for us. You remember the experience of our brother? He said before he ever even started, the issues that he ran into with his transplant, he had a dream. And in the dream, he said he saw the three Hebrew children. We know that story very well. And he saw them. And he saw himself. And they said, don't look at the flames. Don't look at the flames. But look to the one 
that's walking in the flames, which is Jesus Christ. That's who we needed to look to. And I remember that so vividly, and I went and talked with him again to make sure I understood that properly. And you remember a conference when he told us that he found himself months later, that he didn't realize what that meant. That he had to go through the fire. Many times we have to go through a lot of fire in our life. We have to go through situations. But we need to realize that God is in control. 1 Corinthians 10.13 tells us that he is going to be with us. That's a power verse that you've heard me say over and over again. That he's going to give us an avenue of escape. That we can bear any situation that comes our way. Any Red Sea that comes in our life. We can be able to overcome it if we allow God to take charge and allow him to fight for us. But we seem to always take that and try to fight for ourselves. That's how we're taught. We're taught that I can do it. I can do it on my own. And we fail. And then we find ourselves at a point to where we don't know what we're going to do. And then what happens? Then we go to God. Then we give it to Him. After we beat ourselves up, after we're bruised, after we're battered, after we have all the issues that we run into, then we go to Him, which we should have learned to do at the first place, and He's always right there. How many experiences have you heard, have you had yourself, to where you find yourself trying to do it yourself, and then you finally, at the 11th hour, when there's, everything else is exhausted, then you go to Him. And you would think as people we would learn that. But unfortunately, then the next time comes, and we do the same thing again. And our brother, months later, he found himself in the hospital. And he had an experience where he said, no smoke. Remember, no smoke. Praise God that our brother is with us today. You know what I love about that story of the Hebrew children? It says that they, they took a stand and they went in. And when I first started to read that, I loved it because it talked about how they didn't smell like smoke, nothing was burned. And as I started to read it, I thought, wait a minute. I read it again, and there was. There was one thing that got burned when they went into that fire. One thing. You know what it was? The cords that it said bound them, when they strapped them, and they bound them up, and they threw them in. All of a sudden, those cords were gone. And you know what I believe that represents? When Christ is in the matter, there's nothing that man can do to stop us. There's no cords that can bind us. There's no issues that's going to stop us. As much as they tried to stop those Hebrew children, that when they went into the fire, he allowed those cords to be burned off to praise him, that they could walk around and they could be with Christ. And that's how it is with us today, that we need to realize that when we find ourselves in any situation and we make mistakes and we have issues and we try to do what we want to do and we make our best effort, we don't get the response that we want. As we heard from our brother last evening, when you say, I'm sorry and I used to do this myself and I still fall into this trap where I say I'm sorry and then I don't get the response back that I wanted it's it's pretty hard to still be sorry isn't it because in my mind I'm sorry I want I'm sorry back that's the happy ending I'm a happy ending guy you know that but when you don't get the I'm sorry back it's hard but we have to realize that when those moments come 
That's when the time comes that we have to realize that those binds and those bonds that have us, those things that start to wrap themselves around us to get us feeling like we can't go on, we need to realize that's when we find ourselves in the flames. And the flames will be burnt by Jesus Christ where those cords will go away. And we need to realize that God is in control. Allow Him to fight for us. Allow us to be able to take and hold on to the peace that He's given us. That we could be like those little children that we saw this evening. That understand peace, understand being happy, understand the joy, understand all the different situations that they find themselves in. There's an experience that happened many years ago that I think of quite often. And it has to do with children. And I thought as we were talking about this that it came back to my to memory again. Kylie Obradovich was a young, young person. Where is he? Oh, there he is. Kylie was a pretty young guy at this time. And Dad, which is his buddy, was going through some situations at work. Doug came home and told his family and told a few of us to pray for him. Pray that God would help him with his job. How many times do we do that? We find ourselves coming home, telling those around us that we should pray. Fast forward the next few days, Doug ended up losing his job. He ended up, things didn't happen the way they were supposed to. And he came home, and he went home, and he saw Kylie, and Kylie was crying. He was devastated, and he was weeping, and he was carrying on. And Doug went up to him and said, Kylie, what's wrong? He goes, Dad, I didn't pray. He goes, I didn't pray, because I didn't pray. You lost your job. That's the innocent ownership that he had. That he felt that if he would have prayed, that it would have been different. That if he would have went to God, and he would have remembered him, as his dad asked him to, that the, the, the outcome would have been different. Do we have that faith today? Do you have the confidence today that when you leave this room, and something happens not the way you want it to be, that you'll be able to be able to get to the point to where you can just go move past that? Do you have that same innocence as that young child to be able to understand the importance that if someone asks you to pray and you don't pray, that you feel like you could disappoint and not move God's hand? Are we still at that point? Or do we need to take a step back? And I would say tonight that we need to praise God and think back of what He has done in our lives and realize that all the things that are set before us, it says that we can accomplish those things with Jesus Christ. That I can do all things to Him with strength is me. That I can be able to overcome. That there is an obstacle. And I can tell you that I've had the opportunity to be with a lot of your children. Not only this year, but throughout the years. And I've been with some of the older groups. And I've had an opportunity to spend time with a lot of the people. And there's a lot of issues that we all deal with. And we all, including me, find ourselves at times we don't think we can, we can do it. We don't think that we're going to be able to overcome. And I've learned through my years that when we have those moments, the thing that the evil one wants us to do is he wants us to rely upon ourselves. 
And he wants us to either question God and say, why? He wants us to be able to get to a point to where we start to feel sorry for ourselves. He wants us to do what, even if you look at in the 24th chapter of Luke, when it said that the disciples were coming from Emmaus, you know what it said they were doing? They were walking away. And all of a sudden, a personage came up to them. And they missed the biggest event that ever happened with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they were walking away. You know when they were walking? They were walking the wrong direction. We do this a lot of times when we find ourselves having issues in our lives. We walk away from the church of Jesus Christ. We walk away from the people we love. We walk away from where God's spirit is, where his help is, where those that can help us. And that's what they were doing. They were walking the wrong way. They were walking away from where God was. They were so consumed with what was going on, Christ himself came up to them and started to talk to them. And they did not recognize who he was. Mary was so focused on trying to find the body of Christ that she could bury him. So focused on just wanting to find his body. He came up to her just as she had asked. And he thought, she thought what? He was the gardener. How many times does God give us that avenue of escape that we can bear the situation, that we can be able to overcome and forgive? How many times has He allowed us to be able to go on and we don't see it because we find ourselves consumed in our own welfare and issues that we're having? And I tell you, today is the day that we have to realize that there's nothing so big that God cannot take on. There's nothing that we can't overcome with God's help. It doesn't mean that it's still not going to be there. It means that it's going to give us an avenue that we can bear it and move on. But we have to open our eyes and we need to be able to see, just like what our sister saw in that seminar class, when she saw the three Nephites come in and they helped those that needed prayer. It says that the Nephites are still here, that they're coming to be around the people that need them to help them. Do you believe that the Nephites are still with us today? We need to realize that God's gifts, as we see with Wiley and Ryan and with Bobby and all of those that got up that were baptized, and I could ask all those others, there'd be so many of you that could get up and give experiences and realize that God is alive. We can't minimize the impact that God has on our life. We can't minimize the fact of what God does. And I think exactly what he was telling these children these, these children, as far as that's what he's telling us, that we have to allow the Lord to fight for us. That means we have to take a step back. We have to take a step back as far as our flesh. I have to decrease. He has to increase. We have to let God take control. We can't allow ourselves to get in the way anymore. But we have to move forward and realize that God is there. I was in uh, LaGrange recently. There was a young man, there, I call him young, he was younger than me. So I guess that's relative when we say young man. And had recently um, was baptized, him and his wife. And he gave his testimony, and he said something in his testimony that I have thought about over and over again. And he said that he was told that Christ, when he was walking Calvary, that he fell down many times. But you know what he did? He got back up. And if he can do it, bearing all of our sins, bearing that cross, being unworthy of the things that he had to go through, how much more should we be able to get up? 
how much more should we be able to? Because unfortunately in the flesh, we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to have actions and do things that's going to cause a reaction. So we have to just understand that's going to happen. We're not perfect. There isn't one of us that's perfect. You might have had that same moment as me when that, when that, that time came when I realized that these people aren't perfect. But I thank God that there was a brother that pulled me aside and said, yes, the people aren't perfect. But the gospel of Jesus Christ and the faith and doctrine that you serve, that's perfect. And I stand on that today. I stand on the fact that you look to me and you're going to look to me to try to find salvation. You're in trouble. Because the Lord looks down at me every day and he says, chuck, 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 chuck. But what we have to look to is the founder of this gospel of Jesus Christ. When an angel flown in the midst of heaven, we have to look to the one that has allowed us to be here today. We have to look to the one that has blessed our lives with the ability to be here. We have to allow ourselves to look to the one of the young people that has allowed our officers to even be inspired to have this great opportunity for them to come through this fund that we have in the GMBA. I tell you, we have to look to that one, and that inspiration is Jesus Christ. And we have have to look to him and tonight when we go to the water and we see our sister and our brother go in and the hand goes back up and you see that hand up I tell you we all have to realize that God is still alive just like it said in the Old Testament when they would wait outside there was a time when the sacrifice would always come and they would wait outside to hear if the bells would ring that if, to see if that sacrifice was worthy they would wait to see if the priest would come back out and if it was okay for them to go on we don't have to do that anymore we don't have to wait to see if it is worthy. We need to realize that, that authority was restored to the church of Jesus Christ and we are here and when we have our hands raised and when we sing and we feel his presence that God is alive in our lives. And for those of you that are sitting there contemplating Jesus Christ in your life, I tell you tonight is your night that you don't want to go back to the sin and to the issues of the world alone. You don't want to go back to the ideas to think that you can do it on your own because you can't. There is a person in heaven that mediates on our behalf and it's called Jesus Christ who sits on the right hand of the Father and the Lord himself said that he will fight for us and we need to take him up on that and we need to allow him to fight for us when we go out. I don't know about you but I like him in my corner. I like him to be there for me because I know what the world has. It's tough out there. It's tough on our young people. It's tough on the middle aged. It's tough on the old. It's tough on all of us. And there's no one better to have in your corner fighting for you than Jesus Christ. And I would challenge you this evening, whether you find yourself on the courtship with Jesus Christ, that you would experience forgiveness like you never have. That you would have the boldness to get up and say, I don't want to hear about it anymore. I don't want to sit there and listen to it. I want to feel it. I want to be part of forgiveness. I want to make him a part of my life. As I said, July 9th, 1981, was a day that changed my life forever. And those of us that have made a commitment, we too have to realize that we have to be able to forgive and move on as well. Yes, we're not perfect. Yes, we make mistakes. But the God we serve is a perfect God. He's looking to us to get past our mistakes and to move on. And it's just as he told them that they needed to go forward and move on. That's what he's telling us. 
that we can't sit back and wait for someone to come to us and ask for forgiveness. We can't wait for someone to come to us to give us the opportunity to testify. We can't wait for someone to come to us to be able to show the love of God. We have to take a step forward as hard as it is. As much courage as it takes, we have to be able to go forward. I'm going to tell you one more experience. I'm going to sit down. I remember a couple years ago at a camp, choir was singing. I love the choir. I love the singing. I've said this before, that God knew not to give me a good voice. Because if I had a good voice and I could sing, I would be so out of control. And I just love to sing. And my family hears me singing. I used to, and I learned this the hard way, I used to put on my headphones and I would go out and I'd mow the lawn and do all kinds of stuff. And I had the, in my mind, I thought that if I did that and I had the mower going and all this noise happening, no one could hear me. And I tell you, I would be out there and I'd be so blessed. I'd be crying. I would be singing as loud as I could. And one day I came in and my family said, Dad, reality check. I can hear you. So now I find myself singing a lot softer when I do that. But I tell you, I just love to sing. And I remember a couple years ago, the choir was singing. It was such a beautiful spirit of God, just like we saw again tonight. And one of the songs that they were singing was, I Surrender All. And I remember that when they were singing that, I started to think of myself about all the things I needed to surrender into God. And I looked and I saw, I had a vision. And in the vision, I saw a person that was up in their choir that was singing. And there was a vacuum, almost looked like a tube, that went from behind that person. And it went up into heaven where you couldn't see anymore outside. And as this person was singing, you could just see more and more just stuff being sucked out of this person. And as that person was continuing to sing, you started to see a glow over and over, start to just go over the whole group to where the point came, where that whole group was just covered with the glory of God. And as I sat there and saw that, I just was amazed. And I had to like do a double check that I was even seeing the right thing. And I tell you, that's how it is with us today. That that's how God is with us. And I went up and talked to this person later, and they said they felt the same thing, that they had to give what they were dealing with to God. And when they did that, they felt this something come over them. And then I related the experience that I had. So both of us, not knowing either one, was even having the same experience that God was showing and was helping this person. And I tell you, that's what he can do for all of us. We can't sit here tonight and think that anything we're dealing with, God cannot help us with. We have to be able to understand and do nothing more than to sit there and be able to sing symbolically, I surrender all. And really sing, I surrender all. And what that means is you're going to allow God to fight for you. And you're going to hold on to the only thing that you have left. And that's the peace that God has given us. That you can hold on to the Spirit of God that He's given us. That's what you have to do. And when you surrender all that, you'll have that tube come down and suck all that stuff back out of you. That you can be clean again to go forth and do what God wants you to do. That you can be a soldier for Him because that's what He wants us to do. We need to leave this camp and we need to leave and go back and be able to allow forgiveness upon the church of Jesus Christ like they've never seen before. That when we go back to our branches and missions, that they'll be able to look at us like they did the people when the, the disciples were walking on the streets and it said the shadows heal people because of the spirit that they had. That we would be able to walk back and they would look at us and they say, I can tell that you met with Jesus. Do you feel like you can do that? No, I can't do that. I've got this in my life. I've got that in my life. I've got these issues. That's not me. Maybe it's the officers can do that. 
Maybe it's the ministry that can do that. I can't do that. Mark, you can do that. Brad, you can do that. Patrick, you can do that. That when we go out, that these people in our branches and our missions and our friends and our family, that when we go back home, that we can't just tell them that we had a week together and a glorious time, that we were able to see our friends and do the things that we do, that we sang some nice songs. We need to go back and they need to see a difference in our life. We need to be able to go back and allow them to understand that we understand forgiveness in a different way than we ever have before. Because we've taught so much of that. We've got one more day in seminars tomorrow. We need to leave with the idea that when we leave here, we'll be able to impact the world and be able to allow all those in our branches and mission so the next time we gather together to camp out, that this place will be too small because everyone will want to get together. And that's what happened with the Lord. When they started to see what He was doing, it said all those started to follow Him for the signs and wonders. And that's what will happen. If we go back into our branches and missions, they won't have to wait till Camp Out 2015. They'll be able to go to their church on Sunday and say, I want to be able to have the same spirit that I had at camp in my meeting on Sunday. I want to be able to feel the same thing on Wednesday. And I tell you, you can. And we will if we're able to just get out of the way and let the Lord take over. If we're able to just allow Him to fight for us and hold on to our peace. If we can just say, I surrender all and Lord take over. Do you believe that you can be able to have the same impact that you have here in your branch? And in your missions. Do you believe that? Amen. We need to believe that. We really do. Because that's how the church is going to go forward. When we find ourselves in foreign countries, we find ourselves... I've had the opportunity to be part of a domestic work up in Quincy. And we have found ourselves with tens to twenties of different people that have come into the church that have never knew the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when these people come in and we hear from our brothers that find themselves overseas and they go and they preach Jesus Christ and these people, our brother Tony is, is starting a new work with Brother Paul and they find themselves in a mission where these people are hopeless. Our brother Tom has talked about that. And when you talk about Jesus Christ and these people, they find hope, they find life, they find an opportunity of something they never had. It was how I was. When I first started hearing about the church of Jesus Christ, I was starting to hear something I never knew before. And I tell you that that same spirit, that same God, that same respect that you get when you talk to others and expectation is going to be there. We don't have to wait till we get to a conference or to a gathering or to a camp out to expect the miracles of God. You don't have to wait until a Sunday to ask God to help you. When you find yourself in a situation, you need to kneel down right there or close your eyes if you can't kneel and pray and I guarantee you God will help you. I've been in car rides where I've knelt down and in my mind I've knelt down where I've just bowed my head and prayed and he's been with me. He will be with us no matter where we are if we get out of the way and let God take control. He will be with us if we're able to just say, God, I know I made a mistake. Please forgive me. And then the second step of that is then we have to say, okay, we know without a fact. I guarantee you, if I would ask all of you today, if you pray and you ask, will God forgive me? Every one of you, without a doubt, will say yes. We all believe that without a doubt. But then if I ask, have you forgiven yourself? That's a whole different story. That's the evil one. Trying to think that we're unworthy. 
try and tell us that we shouldn't even ask God. Because he knows if we ask, he's going to help us. The evil one knows that if we find ourselves in those moments, if we understand that scripture that talks about how God is going to fight for us, if in the scripture, if you believe the scriptures are true, if God can take the Red Sea and part it in a way to allow those people to walk through, which is the rest of the exit in that chapter that you will see, if we believe that he can do that, why can't he help you? We have to be the light to go forth and realize that when we talk to our friends, we don't want to have reservations about the scriptures. We don't want to have reservations about there's only going to be a few of us. I'll be honest, when I used to go to church, there were some older brothers that had broken English. And I would bring visitors or my family would come at the time, and I would sit there and I would pray. Please don't let them get out. No, don't let them get out. And you know what? They would get up. And I remember having conversations with my family afterwards. And I would think, okay, here it's going to come. And you know what they said? What a beautiful day. I prayed for my dad. The same guy that when I was baptized and I went back home said that I joined a cult, that he would never find himself stepping into a church building ever because of the church that I belonged to. He disregarded me on that whole regard. He said, I don't understand it. I don't believe it. It's a cult that you have joined, and I don't want anything to do with it. And when I was ordained into the ministry, my dad came into the building and was there. It was the first time I'd seen him cry. And he's been in there several times since then. Is he baptized in the church? No. But I tell you, I had an opportunity recently where he came up to me and he said, Chuck, next time you're up at the house, can you do me a favor? Could you pray for me? How was this? Can you pray for me? You know what I realized when I started to talk, talk to him more about it? He wasn't worried about health. He's going to be 84. He's worried about his soul. And that's what he said. He said, I need you to come up and pray for me. Pray that I'm ready when it's my time to meet God. And I tell you what, it was so surreal that I was in the same kitchen that I've been in so many other times and had discussions that I don't want to tell you about. And it was the same kitchen that I found myself with my dad that I was praying for him. And I was asking God, as I do with many of you, for him to help his soul, that he would be able to go on and to be able to understand Jesus Christ like I understood. That's a miracle that is waiting all of us. That took 20-some years for that to happen. And a lot of stuff that I'm not going to go into. But we just have to realize that God is in control. And he was fighting the whole time for me to be able to get my dad to a point where he was going to be able to get there. And it was hard. I'm not going to tell you it's not. It's not going to be easy. But he will be with us. We need to understand that God is with us. And if God is with us, we can do all things. We need to be able to leave this camp. We need to go down to the water. I can't wait. I'm going to sit down because I can't wait. If I sit down, then we might get down to the water quicker because I can't wait to get down to the water to have two more people be able to experience what I experienced 33 plus years ago. And I know there's others that are having that same dilemma. And I would challenge you 
that you as well would be able to take that opportunity to allow God to fight for you, that you would go down in the waters of regeneration, and I tell you, your life will be different than it ever has been. You won't understand it. You won't understand when the ministry circles around you and be able to lay this gift upon your head, which is the Holy Ghost. You won't understand truly what that means. I sure didn't. I understood what the Holy Ghost was, I understood what the gift was, but I can tell you I didn't understand the impact of the gift of God that was going to be eternal in my life forever, and how He talks to me every day, and how He helps me, and He brings things back to my remembrance, and He's ready to bless His church more than He ever has before, and then we, He feels that in this experience that He was told that He has prepared His people through all the issues and the trials and the tribulations that we have went through, that we find ourselves in a position that we're ready to see things that we've never seen before. And I tell you that we have to be able to understand that God is with us and that He's going to help us and He's going to be there no matter what we go through. And I long for the day of my brother Paul Palmieri and the experience that he had where he said that he saw that the people of God was coming to the church so much that the buildings were being built, that they were so full that they had to have Quonset huts that were being built just for the people of God to come into, be able to be able to meet because there were so many people that was coming to the church of Jesus Christ. I long for that day and I tell you that day isn't far off and it starts here tonight that we would leave here as a defining moment that we would be able to tell ourselves that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me and when I have those trials that are going to come our ways, some are going to happen tonight when we leave, I can tell you I went home back to my room on Monday after I had such a blessed meeting with our brother and I felt such inspiration with the singing and I got sick and I haven't felt good since. And as I sat in my bed, I came in, and a couple of brothers pulled me aside and anointed me, and I tell you, I stand here tonight feeling 100% better because God's mercy, I didn't want to be robbed by sitting into my room and having all you here. Why? Because I knew God was going to be here. And we have to have that understanding that when we find ourselves in a room of people at school, God is with me, and I don't want to miss the opportunity, and we have a chance to go to Wednesday night service, that we need to get there because God's going to be with us. And we have to allow ourselves, when we find ourselves in situations that we think we can't overcome, we need to realize that God has promised that He's going to be with us, and He's going to help us through it. And if we take one more step forward, and when we take that last step, God is always right there to help us through the rest. Let's not get beat up anymore. Let's not struggle. Adam fell and men are. Men are, they might have joy. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be a people of peace. He wants us to hold on to that peace that we have. And we only can do that if we let go and we let God. You can connect with the GMBA on YouTube, all major podcast platforms, and Instagram. There are links in the description. Make sure to like and subscribe, leave a comment, and share this with someone you know. Thank you.